You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with today's guest is actually going to be one of my most exciting interviews in a long time. I want to welcome to the show Alexis Asby. Alexis is a self-care addict, leadership advocate, individual and organizational performance consultant. She's a wife, a mother, a goddess, and truly a force that is undefined. She's hopelessly addicted to what really matters, sacred sexuality, driving her husband crazy, and raising humans that think outside of the box. Welcome to the show, Alexis. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for asking. How are you? You know, I'm 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 hanging in there just so pumped because, well, for listeners out there, Alexis is coming to speak at our Tulum retreat. I've been, man, the first time I met her, my mind was blown. And I'm like, I however it happens, we have to meet in person. And I just, I just want to hang out with you. And seeing the magic that she creates, because I've, I've had a chance to meet a few of her clients firsthand as well. And it's just, Alexis, you you are a superhuman and there's so much magic and I can't wait to share um, all of your wisdom and just the, 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 the way you view life is so unique. And so, you know, with that, I know I've given our listeners a lot of, a lot of hype, but from your words, what would you say is your superpower? That thing that's just so unique to you. Thank you so much for that. Like I got a little like uh, I got a little emotional uh, thinking and feeling into the depth and breadth and heart of what you're saying and having the unique privilege to do this in my life at this stage of my life is like such an honor. And so to answer your question, I think my superpower is being able to take people's hearts and help them align into the truest most magical version of themselves. And that includes everything. I work with um, a high level group of executives as well as people who are transitioning through midlife. And you know, this, this time um, that we're in, I kind of feel like is a, on, a, on a macro level, like globally, we're going through this massive transformation and rebirth. And I think on a micro level individually that we're also all going through that. And so to steward this, to steward this, to doula this birthing, this this creation of not going back to the way it was, but to the the highest, most well-intended versions of ourselves, companies, um, in relationships feels like a profound gift and privilege. Wow! Yes, so so well spoken, and I love how you tie the 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 bigger mission in with your superpower, because that's kind of leads into my next question, which is really a reason why I do the show is really to celebrate people that are trying to make an impact in the world and to prove that as an individual, we actually can make a dent. We can make a positive impact. And so do you want to share just how your relationship is with um, the individual, how you personally go about making the world a better place? and how through context our listeners can find the permission to do the same. Yeah, you know, the thank you so much that's such a great question Noah. Um you know the the really interesting thing is I kind of feel like I I am 
every woman and man who started out with like a big vision and like this entrepreneurial drive and this very penetrative energy and like just do it you know shoulder pad up have no fear you know i'm a product of michael gerber i literally sat next to michael gerber for 10 years um as i was you know in my 20s and tony robbins and it was just all of this really big drive and a lot of like um feel the fear and do it anyways and you know this this energetic change that not only I perceive the planet is going through, um, but I am going through at this stage in my life feels feels unique. And yet, to answer your question, like I really do think that people are so hungry for more, right? You know, we checked all the boxes, we went to college, we got the degrees, we have the businesses, and then all of a sudden we're like, what really turns me on? Like, mm -hmm. what really is my energetic life force if we don't approach some sort of major health crisis or burnout in between? Yes, yes, absolutely. And it, it kind of leads into something I'd like to explore a little bit. We, we were chatting before the show. You have a program, um, The Rebel Masculine, The Rebel Feminine, going right now. And with just all the conversation around like what, you know, toxic masculinity, what's all this about? What, walk us through kind of what happens in, in, in this and some of the conversations that you're finding around what it means to be feminine and what it means to be masculine. And how do we find that sweet spot um, as individuals so that we feel alive, we feel like not confined by whatever norms that are expected of us. Yeah. Uh, thank you. That's a, you know, it's really been um, a very soul-feeding experience. You know, we think of feminine as being woman, we think of masculine as being man, but the energetics are really what we're talking about, is how do we integrate that within each one of us? And the most profound thing, and the thing that I think that my heart kind of busts wide open for, not just for women, but for men, is the disparaging ideology that masculinity is just toxic and that no one can seem to define what a healthy masculine is right yet at the same time most women i would say 95 percent of us myself included have been operating out of that very penetrative masculine energy that is not sustainable and yet the feminine is like has so much lack of trust right we don't trust the feminine um women don't trust their own feminine they don't trust those dark spots they don't trust that that deep creativity that that surfing the bottom as i like to say of like of creation right because every rupture has the potential to lead to something really beautiful and as far as masculinity is, we were actually just in a in a class Sunday and super high level group of men. Incredible that they, um, you know, like collegiate coach, strength um, teachers, um, doctors, therapists, um, uh, construction um, workers, uh, like just a, a gamut of you know demographic, all sharing the same sentiment they have never been talked to about what healthy masculinity looks like as well as they can't define it and they're just sort of picking through it and trying to navigate landmines and not step on their partners or or their feminine counterparts toes and 
also not wanting to suppress her, but then feeling suppressed in their own masculinity at the same time. So all of that to say is, is that if we can't define what healthy masculinity is on the planet, we certainly can't define what healthy feminine is. And it's, it's the intersection and the weaving of both together that is really where the magic is. And how I like to, to describe healthy masculinity mm. is the container right? Masculine is the container. The primary functions or the primary gifts of the masculine are holding container, right? Containment, structure. Like if we think about this in terms of business, it would be structure. Systems would be masculine, right? Presence, deep presence, right? So showing up, that would be an aspect in business, showing up or or showing up for your partner in some way, and attention. So attention, for example, if if the masculine can just understand that they don't necessarily have to jump to like muscling through something or solving a problem, right? And that they can just hold the attention, hold their attention, that that is so profoundly valuable. And yet men are trained, my husband included, like he's he, he will he will call himself out and be like, all I want to do is fix it. Help me fix this. I just want to fix it. I just tell me what to do. I'll go fix it. I'll pound a, I'll, I'll fix the fence. I'll do anything you want. But just I just want to fix this. And that that actually isn't what I need him to do. Right. If I am in, you know, if I am leading with my feminine, my curiosity, my mystery, my intrigue, um, I need him to hold attention, witness whatever I'm going through, hold me tight right in the relationship in the relational context and then in business what i'm finding is that when i'm working with or within organizations where the feminine isn't super celebrated like no one wants people to you know no one really wants to have mystery in business right mm -hmm. no right like they don't really like the unknown right? no we want we, we want it's like prove it prove it prove it yes yeah right so so it's it's actually the disruptors that are making the most impact right now, the people who are actually willing to sit in the uncomfortable conversations of how do we integrate creation, collab, um, collaboration, communication, connection into the workplace in a healthy way. And what I'm finding is that when we do that, right, in a contained, healthy way, People double their billable hours in less than six months. Profits soar. Efficiencies go up. Retention goes up. People suddenly want to come work for those organizations because it brings meaning to what they're doing. They feel seen, witnessed, noticed, and heard. It's magic. The integration of the masculine and the feminine within organizations as well as the integration of masculine and feminine within each one of us. Mm. Yes. And, you know, it, it's, there's so much truth in how we express these both, uh, you know, on a daily basis, but what are some of the things that we can do as individuals in our daily life to make sure that we are operating in a way that feels true and congruent to each of these containers? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, it's, it, you know, very often people enter, you know, I will enter from the door for people where they have a, they have a relatively successful business, but they're exhausted and they want to scale, but they can't quite figure out how to get there. Right. And 
it will be often like a midlife, what we call a midlife challenge or a midlife crisis or a health situation or a relationship failing or some sort of key employee leaving. And some of the things, um, practices that I really um, find very valuable, but yet really uncomfortable, which is why, you know, like when we give birth, we don't do it alone. We mm -hmm. do it in connection with others. There is like a container of doulas, right? Or, you know, hospital room, whatever the choice is, but there's a container and it's, it's, it's sitting in that uncomfortable and allowing ourselves to, tr to get to that, that metaphorical goo phase, which is so valuable, right? And what I find is that people are really quick to like, oh, let me just go do this or hire this or do that. And that's actually not going to get them to the truth of what they really want, which is this beautiful life that feels more in alignment and in flow. And so the, the, the suggestion, the offering, the, the hope is to allow yourself to be in a supported, deeply unraveling and truth-telling situation that you are being asked questions that are prompting you to move in the direction of your highest truth. I love the the questions that we ask really do shape where we go. And when you slow down and actually start to ask questions, and if you think about which questions you want to ask and have them be connected to your truer self, wow, that's it, it, the clarity that you get from just simply just even posing the question many of us don't you, live our lives with even asking why we do a lot of the stuff we do and i'm so happy that you you brought that up it's it's so powerful yeah another really key factor is that i like to i i really encourage people to start their meetings in a way that is a ritual right that is a way that is ritualistic that can actually prepare the soil or the container or the group to really receive in their most relaxed state and so um I remember one of my very first positions um, at, uh, at a holistic vocational school was that we would always start off with Tai Chi. And very often we, we incorporate some of these wellness practices into organizations or in individuals' lives. And when they are in a receptive state um, and we do a quick grounding or a drop in meditation, right? That is when they become the most creative. That's when the ground is the most fertile. Mm-hmm deep breathing, you know, to just really get me into this really mm -hmm. relaxed, not, you know, hyper nervous or anxiety ridden state, which is how I was taught to operate, you know, just do it, feel the fear, do it anyways, go shoulder pad up, you know, no, that's not where my magic comes through. And that's not where yours comes through. It's not where any of our magic comes through. I'm really happy that you brought that up because it kind of leads into the next thing I'd, I'd like to talk about, which is balancing work and play or presence or health because however we want to structure it that our lives with them with how the world has shifted have become so blended where we're constantly available we have work on our phones we have work on the computer the amount of stress from especially as an entrepreneur you have fires going out you have ideas new projects you want to run budgets and it can be overwhelming to the point where taking care of yourself and grounding yourself with like healthy activities fades to the background because there's all this noise that happens consistently. So 
we, we touched on this a little bit, and I know this is where a, a big part of your focus in in your practice sort of uh, evolves around. But what are some of the ways that you that you teach that you help people find that balance, find that 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 center, that grounding spot where they're able to do more, but be present and focused while they're doing it? You, well, thank you again for asking. That's a really good question. Like, what you know, what is the magic sauce to healthy work life balance, right? And I don't know about you, Noah, but um, I wasn't taught in school um, at any point that my wellness or my state of mind um, or even my health was as valuable as my mind, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I was actually speaking with a client this morning who is a doctor, and I said, you know, um, have you ever taken care of yourself? And she said, no. Have you, have you ever heard about medical school? Do you see how we're taught to actually help people? There's no health involved in, in the way that we are actually like groomed in our profession. You know, like it's like, it's, it's destructive. It's subnormal, the, what, what they go through in order to become healers, right? Yeah. And so unraveling the resistance to that and finding, you know, this is, this is the core of my work right here. The core of my work is 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 helping people return to their divinity, that they are worth it, that they are important, that they are of value, right? So that they can start to make healthy choices or do things that are supportive to their divinity and their divine being and their profound gift that they are in the world. And that they don't feel like they're imposters, that they they feel radically supported and they can see the signs, the synchronicity synchronicities and the meaning of of like how like even how you and I were connected like that was just mm -hmm. like a divine synchronicity like that was magic right and I'm like oh well, of course you know I was in alignment I was open receptive but you know helping them embody and and really work that time on the mat to to understanding how important they are on this planet and that they do matter beautiful yes and I'd like to go a little deeper in terms of community because it's it's another thing that we often overlook in terms of focusing on individual performance, focusing on being able to solve every problem. What are some ways that you found helpful for people to be able to show up to community in which to be more present, infiltrate better communities, and just have that support so that they don't feel alone? God, no, I love you. I just love the way we we groove together. Like it's almost like we're in each other's heads and none of this is planned, which is my favorite way to work. Um, you just teed this up so beautifully. You know, the interesting thing about what we call and we love to like blame toxic masculinity is, you know, and women do this frequently. The feminine does this. They're quick to point their finger, right? Is we blame toxic masculinity on the fact that we're isolated, right? isolation. First thing a man does when he's feeling stressed is he does not go to his buddy. He does not go to his synagogue or his church or his community or his tribe, right? He dumps himself into work. He holds himself back. Guess what women do? Women do the exact same thing. And then they're, we're busy pointing our fingers saying, I don't have anyone to connect with. They don't connect with me. We do the same thing. It's so valuable. Like community is like a key pillar to personal, professional, um, and spiritual development, in my opinion. And yet it's the very thing that we don't know how to do. 
in this country. Mm -hmm. Right. And so things like the big possible retreat and I'm not, this is like a shameless plug, but like, I'm really excited to see who shows up, like who is hungry for a community. These are, these are the people who, who are going to be leading us out of this deprivation, this isolation, this, this idea that we are not all connected. Right. And so cultivating community, again, I think is like building a muscle, it's like time at the gym is, you know, un, uncovering and being willing, you know, to, to share and release our shame that I too am a recovering workaholic. You know, I too uh, have struggled with depression and anxiety and um, feeling alone in my leadership, you know, and those are the, those are the places, um, that I think that we can really heal. And so I think it is so profoundly beautiful and so radically important. And yet it's the very thing that we we run from because of our own shame. Yes, yes, wow. I think, go back, listen to that. If you're feeling any of this, of this tendency to have that isolationism. I get it. I know it. You know, I go in my cave whenever I get hard on myself, whenever life is hard, I just like, I go in the cave and it's like, what I really need is community. And that's the whole reason we, I built the big possible was because I recognize how important it is. And it's like, this is what we live for is yeah. community. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, just, I just want to touch on this is that, you know, our technology, right? Like, it's it was the thing that was supposed to keep us connected yet it's the counterfeit it's the counterfeit connection it's actually the thing that's disconnecting us the most and so you know as we move out into the future i'm so excited i really feel it in my body like i feel this deep knowing that these smaller live in person events right these smaller gatherings at people's homes these smaller like just meetups are so really important and you know it I really want to encourage people with this is that at one time in my life, I was really scared to like get involved in a community and just something in my body just kept saying, this is where you need to be. Like, you know, you're terrified right now to go alone into this container of this community of women, like, gosh, all the women, like they're terrifying. Right. And it was the thing that changed my life. I made the most amount of money. I made the I had made the most amount of connections. I made more money in that six years that I was deeply invested in this community and acquired assets than I did my entire career. Mm. And so, you know, for for that, it just it was like it was like water. It was just nourishing and life giving, and it's priceless, frankly. Absolutely. Well, with that, I I think by the time this episode goes live. Uh, we'll have two spots available for the retreat in Tulum. And so you can hang out with Alexis, hang out with me. We also have amazing speakers outside of them, like cross the gamut. So Alexis is going to be dropping. You've heard what she's going to be dropping. I mean, just imagine being able to hang out with her for four days. And it's such a treat. It's such a blessing. So do you want to just share a little bit about kind of the, some of the things that you're going to be speaking about at the retreat? And we'll, mm. we'll just close out with that. Yeah. You know, I'm really excited to share about this like period of time that I think is so synonymous with what's going on on the planet, which is about rebirth and transformation. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, midlife for me started at like 38 years old, right? Like it started with, with this 
super successful company and like hearing voices on the beach where I was like, I, I knew I was supposed to sell it. And then like being on this roller coaster ride of like changing my entire life. And, and I really feel like we are in such an opportune time that it's so important for us to gather together. And I'm super excited to be talking about this and, and having a conversation. You know, my work originates from, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago where we used to sit in community um, and in circles, right? And so the collaboration, you know, is is so profoundly healing when we're in circle together. And I was in Tulum last year, as a matter of fact, and, you know, they do everything in the circle, right? They do everything in community. You know, it's very ritualized. It's very meaningful. It penetrates you in a way that um, is transformative. And so I'm super excited to be sharing more about, like, the integration of the masculine and the feminine in this, what I call, this sacred um, fucking portal of truth that we're in right now and where we are in the birth canal and um, has our water broke, so to speak, and what kind of creation is being birthed at this time. So, Oh, fuck I, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Cool. Yeah, so I got chills all over. So thank you so much, Noah. I'm so grateful and delighted for our connection and I can't wait to have more. Absolutely. And so how do our listeners, um, you know, outside of coming to the retreat, how do they stay in touch with you? How do we support you, follow you on all the social stuff, all that? Yeah. So it's Alexis Asby everywhere. A-L-E-X-I-S Asby, just like it sounds, A-S-B-E dot com is my website. And then I'm the same handle on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. I just started TikTok. What is that? Like, it's fascinating platform uh, people are like on me to do it so i'm just like ah what am i doing here you know yeah <laughs> uh yeah so that's where they can find me but mostly in live in-person retreats because you know that's where the magic happens for me beautiful i'll be in costa beautiful. rica early uh later um actually in the spring again yeah tulum <clears throat> yeah a couple things couple things um you know on the radar in uh europe but we'll see Incredible. Well, Alexis, this has been absolutely magic. I will see you in about a month here in paradise. Thanks so much, Noah. So much love okay. for you. Be so blessed. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, May the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.